Book Three, Chapter Three of *The Female Quixote*, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. *The Female Quixote*, Volume One, by Charlotte Lennox. Book Three, Chapter Three, in which the interview is ended, not much to the lover's satisfaction, but exactly conformable to the rules of romance. Arabella, when she had pronounced these words, blushed excessively, thinking she had said too much, but not seeing any signs of extreme joy in the face of Glanville, who was silently cursing Cleopatra and the authors of these romances that had ruined so noble a mind, and exposed him to perpetual vexations by the unaccountable whims they had raised. "'Why are you not gone?' said she, "'while I am in an humour not to repent of the favour I have shown you.' "'You must excuse me, cousin,' said Glanville, peevishly, "'if I do not think so highly as you do of the favour. "'Pray how am I obliged to you for depriving me of the pleasure of seeing you, "'and sending me on a wild goose-chase after occasions to justify myself "'of a crime I am wholly innocent of and would scorn to commit? "'Though,' resumed Arabella, with great calmness, "'I have reason to be dissatisfied with the cool and unthankful manner "'in which you receive my indulgence,' yet i shall not change the favourable disposition i am in towards you unless you provoke me to it by new acts of disobedience therefore in the language of cleopatra i shall tell you upon my soul madam interrupted glanville i have no patience with that rigorous gipsy whose example you follow so exactly to my sorrow speak in your own language i beseech you for i am sure neither hers nor any one's upon earth can excel it yet said arabella striving to repress some inclination to smile at this sally notwithstanding your unjust prohibitions i shall make use of the language of that incomparable lady to tell you my thoughts which are that tis possible you might be sufficiently justified in my apprehensions by the anxiety it now appears you had for my safety by the probability which i find in your discourse and the good opinion i have of you were it not requisite to make your innocence apparent to the world that so it might be lawful for arabella to readmit you with honour into her former esteem and friendship mr glanville seeing it would be in vain to attempt to make her alter her fantastical determination at this time went out of the closet without deigning to make any reply to his sentence though delivered in the language of the admiral cleopatra but his ill-humour was so visible in his face that arabella who mistook it for an excess of despair could not help feeling some kind of pity for the rigour which the laws of honour and romance obliged her to use him with and while she sat meditating upon the scene which had just passed mr glanville returned to his own room glad that his sister not being in arabella's chamber where he had left her had no opportunity of observing his discontent which she would not fail to inquire the cause of here he sat, ruminating upon the follies of Arabella, which he found grew more glaring every day. Everything furnished matter for some new extravagance. Her character was so ridiculous that he could propose nothing to himself but eternal shame and disquiet in the possession of a woman, for whom he must always blush and be in pain. But her beauty had made a deep impression on his heart. He admired the strength of her understanding, her lively wit, the sweetness of her temper, and a thousand amiable qualities which distinguished her from the rest of her sex. Her follies, when opposed to all those charms of mind and person, seemed inconsiderable and weak, 
and though they were capable of giving him great uneasiness, yet they could not lessen a passion which every sight of her so much the more confirmed. As he feared it was impossible to help loving her, his happiness depended upon curing her of her romantic notions, and though he knew not how to effect such a change in her as was necessary to complete it, yet he would not despair, but comforted himself with the hopes of what he had not courage to attempt. Sometimes he fancied company, and an acquaintance with the world, would produce the alteration he wished. Yet he dreaded to see her exposed to ridicule by her fantastical behavior, and become the jest of persons who were not possessed of half her understanding. While he traversed his chamber, wholly engrossed by these reflections, Miss Glanville was entertaining Sir George, of whose coming she was informed while she was in Arabella's chamber. End of Book 3, Chapter 3